This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, lovely listeners. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and for their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Duck your head in your little bowl of spa water, bitch. Hi, everyone. This is Carmen. And Christina. And this is Historias Unknown, where each week we talk about or tell each other something we didn't know about before. And Christina, again, is going to be telling us about something that we probably didn't know about. Yes, yes. Today I'm going to be telling you about the history of the hard shell taco, a little bit of cultural appropriation, a little bit about TikTok as well. (laughs) A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Exactly. I can't say that without Mambo number five being stuck in my head. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) Now you're going to be singing it all day. Yeah. But yes, uh, when you think about the hard shell taco, what comes to mind? Do tell. I think about that commercial from the the old brand or Olay, I guess. Olay. Olay in Spanish, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Olay. Where they, I think it was, they were introducing like a soft shell taco. Yes. But that's just a tortilla. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know these people. But it was like a it was like a tortilla that I think it was soft, but somehow it still stood like yeah, it had the shape of the hard shell tacos. Mhm. Anyway, in the commercial, <laughs> the family was trying to decide whether to use the hard shell or the soft shell or something like that. And then the little girl was like, "Por qué no los dos?" And that's what I think about. <laughs> "Por qué no los dos?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I personally, I think of white people only. <laughs> you too? Yeah, and I was going to add that, mm-hmm. that they have Taco Tuesdays. Yes. Okay, now that you've brought up Taco Tuesdays, when I was... With the most wild toppings. Okay, <laughs> go on. Yes, when I was in the army, I was stationed in Germany, there was a little bit of um, other Latinos, Latines, you know, oh, okay. not a lot, a little bit, but... So I was invited to a Taco Tuesday and like I assumed they were going to be taco tacos, you know, because it was like one of my one of the other Latino people. You're like, oh, yeah, a taquisa. taquisa. (laughs) They were the ones who told me like, hey, we're all we all go to so-and-so's house for a Taco Tuesday. And I didn't pay attention to whose house. But I thought because the other Mexican person was inviting me that it was going to be tacos. And so I get there. Like at their house? Oh, yeah. No, it was uh. A white couple. And so when I get there, oh. they were hard shell tacos with like ground beef, lettuce, cheese, 
cheddar cheese, shredded cheddar cheese, tomatoes. And I was like, what is this? Because I don't think I had eaten tacos like that. Because whenever we went to Taco Bell, I was drunk and I didn't remember (laughs) what I ate. Yeah. Plus, I like the chalupas on Taco Bell. Same. So I didn't even get used to get the... The hard shell tacos, right? Or still get the hard shell tacos. Yeah, those are my least favorite. I don't eat those, and I rarely eat at Taco Bell anyway, and because I don't get yeah. drunk anymore. That was the only time I ever ate at Taco Bell. So I saw those tacos, and I was like, what is this trash? What is this basura? <laughs> and then oh I was like, this is, these aren't tacos? What are you guys eating? And... <laughs> And then everybody You're was, like, I was told there would be tacos here. Yeah. These are not tacos. <laughs> I was offended. I truly was. <laughs> You're like, HR, you told me there was going to be tacos there. And there wasn't. And I'm reporting and you I feel all. attacked. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I associate hard shell tacos with. Wait, so did you tell them anything? Like, these aren't tacos? Oh, yeah. I was like, I was expecting tacos. They were like, oh, these are these are white people tacos. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, and no. There's a different category. Like, well, you should have let it with that. <laughs> well, you should have let a sister know. <laughs> or as in uh, whenever there's um, any Latinos in TV and they can't speak Spanglish and they're like, well, you should have let an hermana know. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I associate hard shell tacos with white people, but it turns out that they're actually not that white. What? Yeah. So, and I'm going to get into it, of course. So, like, clearly no one can say they invented the taco, right? Tacos are a Mesoamerican pre-Hispanic food that, like, everyone was eating, including tortillas. Like, so I'm sure they had just thought of putting meat on a tortilla, right? So no one invented tacos. But the invention of the hard shell taco is often credited to Glenn Bell, the owner of the Taco Bell or the creator of Taco Bell, but he stole it, was quote unquote inspired by a little Mexican restaurant that is still there to this day called Mila Cafe. But before I get into all that, let's just get into my notes here. (laughs) Is this going to be like the uh, McDonald's story? I don't know, actually. I don't know the McDonald's story. Oh. I'm not going to explain it because that's going to take forever. Oh, okay. I was waiting. (laughs) They stole their idea from <laughs> from who? From a little McDonald's. Uh, was it? I want to say it had the name McDonald's too, but I don't remember that part. But they stole like basically like the simplicity of the burger and then how they make their burgers from oh, that place. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually rings a little similarities. Yeah. So, oh. As I was saying, no one can claim they invented the taco. It is a pre-Hispanic indigenous food from Mesoamerica, and it wasn't always so available commercially in the United States, including the hard shell taco. In his book, Planet Taco, A Global History of Mexican Food, historian Jeffrey Pilcher. Oh, I want this book. Yeah, it, it looks interesting. I want to read it. I wanted to read that one and one more before my notes, and I was like, no, I don't have time for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I spark noted it. <laughs> But historian Jeffrey Pilcher puts forth a theory that the word taco and the food date back to 18th century Mexico in the silver mines of Mexico. The word taco referred to these little charges that caused tiny explosions that were used to excavate silver ore. And these tacos were not food tacos. They were little pieces of papers that were wrapped around gunpowder and then inserted into the little holes that they mined into the silver ore. 
So it looked like a taco, but it was explosive. It was an explosive taco, yes. Wow. <laughs> and this is one of the first references to the word taco, and they were called tacos de mineros. And they would actually eat taco tacos, the miners. It was like a miner's food. <laughs> oh. So they used tacos and they ate tacos. So what did they call them before tacos? You know, I don't know. Tortilla with meat? I don't know if they had a, like a, an indigenous name. Probably, huh? But yeah, the word tacos itself didn't refer to tacos until around this time period. Tacos didn't show up until around 1905 in the United States when many Mexicans were migrating to work in the mines and the railroads. Railroads. Rural juror. <laughs> I feel like I said that weird. I mean, I did. <laughs> so tacos dorados were easy to travel with and they were being sold on the corners of streets of the Mexican neighborhoods. They were sold out of either like booths or push carts, like a paletero, you know, paletero car or whatever. Especially in L.A. and Texas. And um, in the 1880s, tourists would venture into San Antonio, not only for the Alamo, but for tacos that were sold by uh, some women called the Chili Queens. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So the Chili Queens had a Mexican food stand that included tacos, among other Mexican food. People would show up for both their food and the women. <laughs> oh, they were hot. And they would be like, wow, this place is so spicy and hot and exotic. And they were talking about both Ugh. the food and the women. <laughs> if it's one thing that I cannot stand, and actually I should do an episode on the spicy Latina. Yes. I w but it's not an historia known. It's just something I want to talk shit about because I hate it. <laughs> we can do that too, though. <laughs> There's no limit here. Yes. <laughs> you right, you right. Yeah. So going to the Chili Queens was like trying a bite of Mexico and Mexican women without having to go into Mexico because at the time people feared Mexican bandits. But, you know, it's always something. Also, I hate that. Yeah, it's always something. At that time, it was Mexican bandits. Later, it's the cartels. Later, it's, I don't know, Ooh. Mexicans in general. So, yeah. So, this, this let white people try Mexican food without going into Mexico. Um, Mexican food and culture was, and still is, very appealing to people, right? People would try to, or people have tried putting patents in for hard shell taco molds. The first one was by an immigrant uh, from Oaxaca named Juvencio Maldonado, but his product did not take off. Juvencio Maldonado put one, a patent in for the hard shell taco mold around the 1940s. But his product, like I said, didn't take off. Instead, a white man's company named George, the white man was named George Ashley. His company was Ashley's Foods or whatever. He commercialized taco dinners. His company sold tortillas in a can. I have never seen this. Apparently that was a thing. It sounds disgusting. Sounds weird. I actually came across someone had moved from California to like the Midwest in the early, around this time period. She And she was like, what time period was this again? This is around the 1940s, in between 1940s okay. and 50s, really, this whole thing. And so she had moved from California to like somewhere like I don't it's not Minnesota, but in my mind just goes straight to Minnesota when I think of places where there were no Mexicans. She was literally yeah. her family and her were one of the first Mexicans in this town. Like and and so she was like craving Mexican food and and out of desperation, she found this company, Ashley's Foods, and she tried their tortillas in a can. And she was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> 
the food is pasty and grainy and like thick and this is not a tortilla but she had made it for her bosses she made tacos using ashley foods ingredients because he had tortillas in a can he had beans he had taco sauce a whole thing to make a taco night yeah this is probably the beginning of taco tuesday (laughs) and so she made tacos using all that for her husband's bosses and they thought it was like the best thing in the world they were like wow this is so exotic and she was like in the back like this is fucking disgusting (laughs) oh my god but 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 why people love these things and yeah he made all these things uh to to for people to make tacos at home and before commercializing this bland and gross version of mexican food George Ashley opened a Mexican restaurant, and he himself said he wanted to provide Mexican food for Americans that preferred a cleaner environment. Oh, my God. If this is not, like, literally stealing food that does not belong to him. He and his family enjoyed Mexican food at actual Mexican restaurants. In, um, in El Paso or Juarez, they would even venture into Mexico to eat at Mexican restaurants. And he, according to him, these restaurants were often dirty. And so he wanted to provide a cleaner environment. He purposely created his restaurant to attract Anglos, uh, white people, right? And that was easy for him because Fort Bliss was right there. And his food, his his version of Mexican food was actually an introduction to Mexican food for a lot of people stationed at Fort Bliss had, who had never heard of Mexican food. Did he like invent Tex-Mex? Is that what this is? <laughs> I wouldn't say he invent Well, because there was also Mexican restaurants making that same oh. type of food. But white people weren't going into these restaurants. Because they didn't want to be near Mexicans, but they wanted the food. Yeah. I am, if this is not the definition of appropriation. This is it. This is it. Yes. And like exploitation. Because you want, you want the food. You want a taste of the culture without the actual people of the culture. Because yeah. you think they're gross and disgusting. Like, yeah. That's horrible. He even prided himself in the fact that his restaurants were 100% staffed by American women. I fucking hate this. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be a lighter topic. And then I came across this and I was like, I'm so fucking mad. (laughs) (laughs) So it gets worse. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. So George Ashley's taco dinners and taco molds for at home use came with a booklet. And this booklet contained instructions on how to make tacos. (laughs) I'm like laughing because it's so. It's so annoying and makes me so mad anyway so <laughs> these instructions were given by were given by mr taco and it was titled mr taco comes to america that's the name of the booklet with the instructions on how to make tacos at home using george ashley's taco molds and taco dinner products <laughs> and mr taco's instructions were given in what is called pigeon english oh god and so for those that don't know, Pidgin English is like a simplified version of a language. P- that's what Pidgin means. Well, doesn't it, doesn't it also mean like a combination of the, the people's language? Like say in this case, it'd be Spanish and, or is it just a simplified? Oh, okay. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read it how it is written. Not ready. Go on. <laughs> Eat is my fondest hope, senora. 
that we become the fast friends for in many ways I can make your dinners and your fiestas big success. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for yelling people, but this is just my natural reaction. <laughs> I wish that that I had been recording the video because <laughs> Yeah, that's that's yeah, how that they were written. Good. Yeah, I read that and I was so mad last night. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is very Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and people are like, I'm Mexican and I like Speedy Gonzalez. Look, I like Speedy Gonzalez too. But that doesn't mean... Well, I liked Speedy Gonzalez as a kid, but... <laughs> yeah, because as a kid, you don't realize how fucking racist it is. And you don't know that people are making fun of the way that you speak or you were speaking English as a child, right? Yeah, like I thought I was laughing with or that they were laughing with us. But no, they're laughing at us. And <laughs> that's why it's disgusting. That's why it matters. So yeah, this this whole thing is a mockery of Mexican people speaking yeah. Spanish. And, and that is what English. the book said. Oh, sorry, English. Yes. <laughs> and And this book went out to millions of white people. And so yeah, that's why they think it's okay to make fun of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't believe that. And yeah, and it's written like E-E-T-E-E-S for it is. It is literally uh, well, written like that in the instructions. No wonder you read it like that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I that's why I said I'm going to read it as it is written. Yeah. Because you won't catch me making this accent. Just like you won't catch me make fun of, making fun of people trying to speak English because you got like everyone speaking. A, it's a different language. It's hard. Learning English is hard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that angered That's me. That's why I also decided to stop making fun of people that don't speak Spanish, right? Because <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's hard enough to know more than one language. Mm-hmm. And so even if you speak a second language and it's not even like the best <laughs> or correct, like more power to you. You know a second language. You understand yeah. it. It's sometimes it's just a little hard to pronounce things or yeah, st- say things structurally correct or <laughs> not even structurally correct, but to make sense. Yeah. Some people will celebrate a white person learning Spanish and then turn around and make fun of a person that is of Latino descent. Well, I- right? I've been that person. So. <laughs> No, this is specifically celebrating a white person for speaking Spanish. And then in the same minute, turning around, making fun of someone with an accent because they're learning Spanish because they didn't yeah. know it. And there's so many reasons someone doesn't know Spanish, right? Like yeah. in our in our episode about the Uvalde school walkouts, we mentioned that kids were being hit for speaking Spanish. You think those kids are going to teach their, their kids Spanish if they were being beaten in yeah. school for speaking Spanish by teachers? Exactly. No, right? So many reasons. Anyway, that's a whole different topic. I'm talking about tacos today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Sorry. And yes, so we left off on the horrible caricature of Mr. Taco and Ashley's foods, which, uh, yes, leave a sour taste in my mouth, even for reading that. (laughs) Medio asco. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then they make their voice all nasally when they make fun of or when they start making this accent and like. We don't sound like that. I don't know how many times I had to bite my tongue in the army when people were literally white people were like making this accent in front of me. I couldn't say anything. I'm the only Mexican person there. Like, to what end? Like why? It's not even funny. Like it's I don't not, understand. It's not funny. I didn't know people made this accent in real life. Yes. Because, you know, yeah. I mean, here in California, 
I'm just surrounded by Lionx people. And so no one <laughs> uses that accent <laughs> to try to be funny. Like, yeah. And the first time I ever saw that was in the army. And I'm the only person that's like a child of immigrants and, you know, in the room. So I'm not going to say anything. They're also in the same yeah. in the same breath making jokes about shooting people trying to cross the border. So, yeah, Jesus. It, terrible, terrible. And this is why I don't celebrate our troops. Oh, again, different topic. But <laughs> you're like, I was a troop. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. That's you saying that, not me. I, I wouldn't say that. I did. I, I can't. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Infuriating, really. So, yeah, oh this God. is this is why jokes making jokes with our accents, jokes about immigration. This is why they matter, because they're not funny, first of well, all. Well, yeah, it's dehumanizing. And you might think of it, oh, it's just a joke, but it's really not. No. To someone that, you know, is from that background. Like, those stereotypes and negative, like, views and whatever have a direct impact on, like, the safety of the people you're making fun of. And that's why we don't think they're funny. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, tacos, tacos were a hit. <laughs> so... One woman, her name was Lucia Rodriguez. Then, at the time, in 1937, she was Lucia Montaño still. Her and her husband migrated from Jalisco, Mexico, to California because he was working in the railroads. As many people, a lot of the people mentioned in the Chavez Ravine episode, a lot of them migrated to work in railroads uh -huh. too. Yeah, so the same. This is all kind of the same time period. So... She wanted to keep busy while her husband was at the railroads and make a little bit of money. So she would sell her very delicious tacos dorados with papas in them, with potatoes in them. Yes, yeah, so good. She would sell them as a street vendor on the corner of uh, where they lived, I think. I don't know exactly what corner they chose or why they chose this corner. The restaurant is still on this corner of the street, though. Oh. But she would sell them on, this, on the corner of a street. At some point, her first husband passed. And she remarried, and her new husband helped her grow her taco business. So they opened Meat La Cafe, and the most popular dish were tacos dorados. And she made tacos dorados with papas, with potatoes, and, and then also whatever ingredients were available. And in the United States, ground beef was widely available, more than in Mexico. So she would make ground beef tacos dorados, and she would put lechuga, crema, and jitomates on the side of them. And this essentially is a better version of the hard shell taco that we equate with Taco Bell today, yeah. right? So this restaurant was on, on the corner of, it's in Star, San Bernardino. I don't know how to say that. San Bernardino. How do people say that? Do you, do you know? San Bernardino. San Bernardino. One time I said it in Spanish and I got a tag on TikTok and I was like, Dude, I do that shit all the time, too. One time I called Vallejo. I called it Vallejo. And then whoever I was talking to was like, where? And I was like, you know, Vallejo in the Bay Area. And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, Vallejo. Stop being fucking <laughs> dense, you know. It's in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's because our parents, this is how our parents pronounce these cities. And so that's how we pronounce these cities. And I'm sorry. But, like, I literally got fucking attacked on TikTok. <laughs> you could still go and look at the... <laughs> At the comments on my section. I was talking about a haunted high school in San Bernardino. And they were like, oh, my God, did she just say San Bernardino? And I'm like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. I'm like, okay, if they didn't want me to say these names in Spanish, well, maybe <laughs> they shouldn't have named these fucking places in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, so that's where Mi La Cafe is and still is today. And honestly, it looks delicious. It has amazing reviews and it has withstood 
the test of time. Mila? Oh, I don't know. Is that how you say it? Mila? M-I-T-L-A? No, I'm asking. Oh. No, I didn't know oh, if you were oh, saying oh. meat. Like meat la. Tier, like yeah. without the meat la. Meat la. Mm-hmm. So yes, that was on the corner of that street. And on that same street, kind of across the street, there was a hamburger hot dog stand. And it was called Glenn's Drive-In. It was owned by Glenn Bell. Fuck you, Glenn. <laughs> Just preemptively. Yes, preemptively. So yes, Glenn Bell was a cook in the Marine Corps. He served during World War II. And after his service, he opened his restaurant, Bell's Drive-In. Uh, Glenn Bell's restaurant did okay-ish. But from Bell Drive-In, he could see the long line of people ready to eat at Mila Cafe. Mila Cafe was so popular, people would wait in line forever to get in and eat. Cesar Chavez himself, which, I mean, I have issues with too, but Cesar Chavez would eat there. <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was really, it still is really good. I need to go there. I want to go there too next time I visit. We could take a picture there. <laughs> We're eating at the historic Mila Cafe. <laughs> so his own restaurant never saw the same crowds as Mila Cafe. And and then a new burger place called McDonald's opened about two streets over from his. And he saw even less business because McDonald's was more successful than his little hot dog burger stand. He figured he needed to do something different. And he was curious to see what was so good about Mila Cafe. So he started eating there every day. Oh, my God. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it gets worse. He pulled, he pulled the fucking bring it on. He went over there and copied. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Big Red from <laughs> Bring It On. Big Red. Big Red Glenn Bell. <laughs> big Glenn. Yeah, Big Glenn. He's like, my name's Big Glenn. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> I can't with these references. <laughs> so, slowly, he started befriending the staff. Lucia and her husband. Eventually, oh, he gained God. their trust and he was allowed in the kitchen and he saw how they were making these tacos. Glenn Bell intently watched as Lucia made her famous tacos dorados. He watched and he studied and he thought to himself, how can I capitalize this? How can I make these delicious tacos that take time to create and speed that up and make it fucking disgusting? No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. <laughs> no, but he really did say how can I do what McDonald's did with the burger, but with this taco? That's in his did book. Did I not call it in the beginning? You did. I you was did, like, yeah. is this a McDonald's story? And it fucking is. <laughs> so he began trying to make his own tacos at home, trying to learn the art of, quote unquote, art of making bland ass tacos. And he wanted to do it faster and more appealing to white Americans. And eventually he landed on his final product. He made a taco shell mold out of chicken wire and would fry that. And this is how he figured out how to produ- mass produce the hard shell taco. He began selling 19 cent tacos out of his uh, hot dog out of Glenn Bell's diner. No, Bell's, di- Dr- Bell's Drive-In. Sorry, I'm confusing the name. Wow. <laughs> but Bell's Drive-In. <laughs> it's because the name sucks. Anyway. <laughs> It does, yeah. <laughs> he began amassing clientele that referred to his new dish as tacos. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> that's how they said tacos. Tacos. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, that's what it, it was written down in the notes. Or in the website the, I was looking at. Tacos. 
instead of saying tacos, well, they, they can't say, say they can't say tacos. So they would try and say tacos, tacos. They would just look at the word how it was written and try to say it, and they were gonna say it wrong. Oh God! So tacos, yeah. <laughs> His tacos were so prof- profitable. He opened a restaurant named Tacotia. Eventually, he sold Tacotia to his business partner, and he opened a different restaurant called Taco Bell. And as of 2021, there is 7,791 Taco Bell locations across 31 countries. Actually, they tried opening Taco Bells in Mexico and they fail every time. <laughs> Makes sense. Why would you eat at Taco Bell when you can go to the... Tacos de la Esquina. Taco yeah. stand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those are the best fucking tacos. Yeah, they really are. Oh, I miss going over there with my abuelito. I did have some recently. You did, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I remember my abuelita would walk in and be like, Vamos a comer tacos. <laughs> he had like a deep voice. I'm trying to recreate and I can't. I didn't sound No. <laughs> but no, no, I'm going to stop. The spirit was there, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, tacos with family in Mexico. There's nothing better. <laughs> so, when he mentions who inspired his recipe for Taco Bell, Glenn, Glenn Bell doesn't even mention Meat La Cafe by name. Of course he fucking doesn't know, bitch. He only mentions the street. And this is from his biography, which he helped write, whatever. And it's, it's so... Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was going to say, it's so, he's so being so willful about it because he fucking ate there. Every he fucking there day. He yeah. came there to trust like a little snake. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to act like you don't know the fucking name. Yeah. Bullshit. So when he mentions this in his... He only mentions the street in his book, Taco Titan, or his biography. And in the cover of this book, Taco Titan, this white man of Swedish, English, and German descent is wearing a fucking mariachi hat <laughs> with wow. a suit on. Not a whole chattel suit, like a business suit, and then he has like a, a hat, hat on. And I'm like, take that shit off, you piece of shit. <laughs> I hate it. What is this book called? Taco Titan. Are you looking it up? Oh, I hate it. Yeah. So... Uh, another man talk or taco. Let's <laughs> call this person taco. <laughs> another taco. <laughs> another man named Taco. Anyway, no. Um, Doctor Stephen Alvarez, who teaches a course called Taco Literacy at Saint John's University, has stated about Glenn Bell, and this is his quote: "It's important to recognize that Bell was a failed fast food entrepreneur before he had the realization that the restaurant across the street from his flaggy business was booming, the Mila Cafe." What happened here is a white guy seeing opportunities to market Mexican food to a mainstream audience for the love of profit and not for the love of Mexican people. And he really, he just really said it well. He really hit the nail on the whatever the saying Whatever the spot? fuck that saying is. That's wrong. Yeah. The, the, the snail on the spot. <laughs> mm, the snail on the spot? I don't think so. The nail on the, the spot. The nail on the board and with the hammer and all <laughs> Really just aligns it and found the... Uh, he something? found the studs on the wall. Like, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> no, that's not the saying either. Like, none of that is the saying. No, it's not. I hate this. I'm looking at the... Um, I'm looking at the reviews on Amazon because I just knew that white people were going to be up his fucking ass. Yeah. And they're like, a great role model. What the fuck ever? Yeah, a great, it's a great, a great role model to steal someone else's business idea. Yeah. Not credit them. And then make a grosser version of it. And betray them. And earn their earn their trust and betray them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make a disgusting, bland, less capitalist version of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a true inspiration for them. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting. Very. 
I actually watched the video uh, by some white historian the, called The History of the Heartshell Taco, and they don't mention Mila uh-huh. Cafe. They only mention Glenn Bell and his genius idea. And I'm like, what the? Like, and this person has like thousands upon thousands of subscribers on YouTube. I'm like, disgusting. Wow. No, and there's another um, review on here that says a fascinating story about will and der- determination. My ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was determined to to steal that recipe. (laughs) To appropriate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So there may be thousands of Taco Bells, but there's only one Vila Cafe in San (laughs) Bernardino. See what I'm doing again? I'm San Bernardino. Yeah, in San Bernardino, California. And the restaurant remains in the same location it has been since 1937, since Lucia was. I'm just uh glad it's still there. Yeah, it's still family owned. It's still in the family. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. amazing. I need to go there. Yeah, you. I, I, I do too. <laughs> Lucia's grandkids are running it now and three members of the family know the secret sauce recipe and they never travel together because they can't lose that recipe. <laughs> That's what one of the grandkids said. <laughs> wow. Um, when asked about, so years ago, there's a, there's a journalist. His name is Gustavo Arellano. He has his issues. Why did I fucking know you were going to yeah, name because him? Because he has a book about tacos, but he's a piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> and I hate that I'm quoting him. I do. If you're curious about what I'm talking about, just look up hashtag boycott Gustavo Arellano. He, he is Mexican. And so like a typical Mexican, he has horrible views on Central Americans. The Los Angeles Times keeps employing him to write articles that are really negative towards Central Americans. And he uses slurs in his writing about Central Americans and all over Twitter. And then when someone points it out, he doubles down on it and like defends his use of this word. And among Salvadorians, it's not an insult, but you can't say it if you're not Salvadorian. And I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But if you're Salvadorian, you know the word. I've heard yeah. our Mexican tios saying this uh, in front of us. In front of us, knowing there's, <laughs> yeah, knowing that we're Salvadorian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Very disgusting. So, so I hate that I'm quoting him, but he did talk to <laughs> the family and Lucia herself for his book, which I forgot the name of, but you can look it up. <laughs> in his book, he writes that Lucia told him. When asked about Glenn Bell, I remember him. This white guy used to come in late at night and ask a lot of questions about how we made tacos and then leave. Her grandkid, uh, Michael Montaño, who is now one of the co-owners of Mila Cafe with um, other family members, he um, believes that Glenn Bell was able to popularize his tacos for white people because at the time, most places were still segregated. Mexican kids and white kids didn't go to the same schools. They didn't swim in the same pools. And they didn't eat at the same restaurants. So Glenn Bell was able to allow them to enjoy a watered-down, disgusting version of tacos without them being near Mexican people. Yeah. And the Montaña family, who is still running Mila Cafe, um, they have stated they don't hold a grudge towards Glenn Bell for appropriating their uh, restaurant. And Michael Montaño, again, oh, this is his book, Taco USA, How Mexican Food Conquered America. Anyway. So he told Gustavo Arellano, uh, Michael Montaño did, that he's just grateful that more people know his grandma's story. Mila Cafe is part of Mexican-American history. It's the heritage that Taco Bell stands on. And Taco Bell wouldn't exist without it. Wow. But this, this brings me to a little brief mention of TikTok now. Because 
the past two weeks almost it seems or maybe the past week at the time of recording it'll probably be more than two weeks since all these videos started popping up of white people <laughs> making so there was one video of i forgot the girl's name but she made a video making quote-unquote spa water and at first i'm like i don't know what this is about but then you mentioned the spa water and i was like oh nagua fresca <laughs> Yes, spa water. And so in her video, she's basically making agua fresca and she calls it spa water. And people were in arms about it. Her TikTok actually got taken down because of... Wow, I didn't know that. People were reporting it. <laughs> so let me let me play you a little clip here. Amma, what are you making? Spa water? Spa water. <laughs> Okay, and then I have one more for you. I'm going to add these into the episode so people know what we're listening to. And I'm also going to link them. Oh, okay. All right, so here's the last one. This is no longer spa water. This is corn. Oh, I think I see You this. have seen this one? I think so. Mexican street corn salad is the perfect summer side and it's so delicious. Let me show you how to make it. Rinse your corn and add it to a bowl. Lime juice. Add in your spices. And don't worry, all of this will be up on the blog. Mayonnaise, cilantro, a little sprinkle of cheese and then we'll save the rest for later. And mixy mix. Top it with the rest of that cheese and just a smidge more cilantro. And don't forget to top it off with my secret ingredient. Oh my God, this is so delicious. You gotta make this one. secret ingredient it's tahin oh someone in the comments she doesn't name it and someone in the comments was like i bet it's tahin and someone was like it is oh my god and so you know what those videos were were white people taking things that already exist and renaming them or not crediting what they really are right yeah some people are up in arms about it on tiktok as the first girl's whole account got taken down <laughs> this the second one the corn one um she's doubling down after you know people brought up that this is not mexican corn salad it's called esquite in a lot of places because it's not the corn on the cob it's in a cup in the cob and that's what mm -hmm. it is called in a lot of places some places call it different pl uh, things other places in mexico mm -hmm. sometimes it's just elote en vaso right but it has a name yeah. it, it's a thing that already exists it's like a thing already yeah. yeah and so she doesn't say um she says like this is my recipe of what I call Mexican corn salad. She never says, like, this is already an existing thing. Um, I'm making my own version of it, but this is a, a Mexican dish that is sold on the streets, and it's really good. This mm -hmm. is just my easy, quick, bland version of it. <laughs> yeah. And my secret ingredient is not so secret. It's taquin, which is also Mexican. Like, mm -hmm. she doesn't say any of that. And so people are like, oh, my gosh, she's just making this food that she likes. It's not appropriation. But... When you look at the whole subject of this episode, right, how literally white men made millions off of food that isn't theirs and never credited yeah. where they got the recipe from. Yeah, this is why it matters. <laughs> yeah, I won't say that's my thing. Yeah, eating, eating food like Mexican food. No, that in and of itself is not appropriation. Even making Mexican food yourself when you're not Mexican. Of course, that's not appropriation. But taking a recipe, trying to pass it off as your own, not crediting uh, where it's from and monetizing it. And essentially by making up 
TikTok video that becomes viral, you are monetizing something. Yeah. And that is appropriation. Yeah. And and this is why it does matter. And you know what? I'm glad that that girl's TikTok got taken <laughs> down because back in the day when Glenn Bell did this to Lucia, there was no means for Lucia and her family to take action. Yeah. And now there is. So guess what, bitch? <laughs> Go cry about your fucking TikTok being taken down. Stop being an appropriator. Go cry. And shit like this won't happen to you. And drink some of your spa water. <laughs> Duck your head in your little bowl of spa water, bitch. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Um, but yeah, that is my episode on the history of the heart shell taco, Taco Bell, and a little bit of TikTok. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, next time you look at it, the heart shell taco, just think this is actually stolen from real Mexican food. And it's not completely white. Or it wasn't, but it is now. <laughs> I guess it makes sense because it's like a a, a bastardized version of the... Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Which I also ate a lot of when I was in Mexico. (laughs) Oh, I bet. So good. Yeah. Mi abuelita came home with a whole bag of... (laughs) It was like a hundred of them. Wow. For all of us to share when people like came over. Yeah. And yeah, they were... They're usually at least over there made of um, frijoles and um, papas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're delicious. But yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, Share this with a taco-loving friend or someone who didn't know. I mean, who doesn't love tacos? Yeah, who doesn't love tacos? I don't think I've ever met one person that's like, I don't like tacos. If they do, they need to unfriend me, never associate. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't even talk to me. Don't even. No, and then I've like seen people that don't put anything on their tacos, which is like embarrassing. I'm like, get out of here with your childish childish ass (laughs) taste buds. But yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we will catch everyone next time. Share this, share this with a taco-loving friend. Um, if you liked what you heard, give us a five-star rating. All that jazz. <laughs> yes, thank you for listening, everyone. And yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.